Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, I am doing all right. Uh, you know, college is, is fun, man. I certainly having a great time here studying finance of course lj loves to poke at me as the economics major but it's now finance so you cannot uh you're gonna have to switch up your wording but no i will be at the syracuse football game on saturday against rutgers i will be at the bill steelers nfl game on sunday very busy weekend for me but uh i will be at i will be in my room watching all of those games I was in my room watching the Bucks Cowboys game tonight. Uh, look, the NFL always seems to come through with just a big time game, like it, whether it's the first primetime game of the year, the Thursday night game, or the first Sunday night game. One of the week one games that is on primetime always ends up just being uh, so good. And tonight certainly came through. But LJ, we had a little bit of a slate in the MLB tonight, and I know we want to talk about uh, at least some of this while we have time, but speaking of time, I'm flipping the script here. LJ, do you ever think about what time it is? That feels weird, but I'll allow it. Um, I absolutely do. Brandon, you have heard the story of the escape from Egypt, right, with Moses? Yeah, it's in the yeah, it's in the Bible. You know, me and you went to Catholic school. We're good Catholic boys. <laughs> that that ter- that term doesn't have that great a connotation these days. But no. yes, okay. um, yeah, certainly not. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about Moses for a second. Because can you imagine if they hadn't gotten out? Can you imagine if that plan went awry? 
can you imagine if all of the plan was put in place and then Moses forgot what time it was and everything went up in smoke? That wouldn't happen if you had a watch from LaTerrain.com. At LaTerrain, you can find fashionable watches at an affordable price. And with promo code MLB daily, you can save 10% off your purchase. Brandon, you got, you, you got to be like Moses. You got to get yourself something that can tell the time, make sure you don't have any fluffs in your plans, right? Absolutely. Yes. LJ, I think it's also worth mentioning the La Terrain website just added a bunch of new products. Go and check out the accessories tab, LJ. They have completely upped the game here. Also, I believe they added another watch. Is that right? Yeah, the red is the red crest had never been on there prior to this, right? Oh, you're kidding. No, the red red. Oh, the red crest. Yeah, that's been there. Okay, no, then it's then it's the gold rose because I because there's more watches on the page now than there was for sure. Uh, look. If that's not a reason to want to go to La Terrain, look, constantly updating their inventory. You use code MLB daily. You're getting 10% off. The best luxury watches for men online uh, and free shipping on orders over 50 bucks. So go and check them out. L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. L-J. Brandon. We have a lot to talk about with this first segment because this was one of the strangest quotes slash like, I don't even know, just comments that a pl- I've seen a player make. So, so I, I guess since the uh, the Pete Alonzo, um, you know, about the how the MLB uh, juices the ball based on the free agent class. And I'm not saying that what Hunter Renfro said tonight was uh, – not the truth in any way. I was just surprised that he did. Uh, LJ, you probably know the wording and the situation a lot better. So I'll let you explain uh, exactly what, what happened here. Look, I've been kind of in football mode most of the day today, admittedly. So allegedly they were told, they were told to just stop testing yeah, after the Red Sox had like 10 cases, the MLB, according to Hunter Renfro, the MLB told them to stop testing. And then a reporter stopped him right after that and said, the MLB told you to stop testing. And he just said one word, yes. <laughs> so the MLB responded and was like, no, we didn't tell them to stop testing. Like, that's not true. So who is lying? Is the MLB lying? It, did, did Hunter Renfro lie twice in the span of five seconds to a reporter? You know, if you're going to make an accusation that big, you would have to imagine there's some sort of truth to it, right? Well, it's just such a weird thing to come out of left field. Literally left field. <laughs> like, why on earth would he just come out and say that? There is no motivation i mean let's let's look through through this this is a team that is pretty clearly cemented themselves at least into the wild card hunt if not as the favorites to make it into the wild card game right now there's no danger there that he needs to cause a distraction trust me right now hunter renfro is in no fear of losing his job um 
I'm sure if we want, if we have time, we can go into what happened the other night with Hunter Renfro and his fantastic play against the Rays. If we want, if we can, he's been brilliant all year, probably the best defensive right fielder in the American league this year. Oh, we got two of them on the Yankees. Now we got Joey Gallo, which I think you're overlooking maybe a little bit. Okay. So, so the, uh, the 16 outfield assists, the four more than anyone else. Outfield assists is 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 a stat. <laughs> outfield assists is getting it's the job. But it's getting the job done. Joey Votto, or Joey Votto, Joey. Geez, I wish we had Joey Votto. Joey Gallo, uh, this year has how many did you say? Uh, Hunter Renfro has. I want to say it's 16. Okay, Joey Votto. Uh, Jesus Christ. Joey Gallo has uh 12. So he's up there. So he's in that four, that category of four players. Okay. Uh, or uh, four, okay. Uh, four. I'm sorry, four outfield assists away. Um, either way, that's not what we're um, no. arguing. The point of the this is the dude, the dude is in no danger of losing his a job. He's in no danger of losing his spot in the lineup. So he has no motivation to lie here. He has no motivation to create a distraction from the team. I have um, the full quote here because it, w- it yeah. wasn't to a reporter. It was on WEEI's Merloni and Foria show. Uh, it says, <laughs> quote, MLB basically told us to stop the testing and just treat the symptoms, Renfro said earlier Thursday. And we're like, no, we're going to figure out what is going on and keep trying to keep this thing under control. Host Lou Merloni followed up asking whether MLB had asked the Red Sox to stop testing. Yes, Renfro said. And just so to try to play, move on and don't uh, worry about it. Yes, Renfro said. Renfro is, quote, completely wrong and, and inaccurate a league spokesperson told the Boston Globe. The Red Sox came out and refuted Renfro's comments as well, saying, quote, we have been following MLB's COVID-19 protocols all season long. We have consulted closely with them on everything we've done and continue to test, and their medical staff has been very supportive. Uh, However, as of Thursday, nine people with the team have tested positive for the virus. Eleven others are sidelined due to symptoms or close contacts. Uh, you know, Xander Bogarts, Kike, Matt Barnes, the legend Nick Pavetta himself. Uh, just a few to name. But LJ, now that you hear the full quotes, and the Red Sox can come out and refute his comments, why the hell would he say this then when his own team's not even backing him up? Like no other player came out and was like, yeah, like I agree with that. Like the, uh, the Pete Alonzo thing where there was, there was some support for Pete Alonzo. Have we heard any support? I haven't seen any like player or anything support Hunter Renfro here. I think he kind of dug himself a bit of a ditch. Look, I, I think it's interesting because, I don't think anyone is talking about this. I mean, you, you go through social media, this story should be much bigger than it is if anyone actually cared. Like even the fact that it's being refuted should have some 
grounds. But I mean, I'm I'm flipping through Twitter right now, and there is nothing to do with this story. I mean, just generally, like you know, baseball Twitter well enough. This is yeah. the type of story that would be getting them going now, six hours after within this whole stretch. This is the type of story that gets them going. But I'm getting a whole lot of nothing, and it just feels it feels kind of cover up And again, I'm not trying to um, make any assumptions and try to be all, um, what's the word I'm trying to make? Not, not necessarily fear mongery, but it just feels if the MLB is going to tell, force the Red Sox hand in saying anything, this would be the type of thing it would be. Because we all know that Rob Manfred has an absolute obsession and love for the bottom line. And frankly, keeping the Red Sox out on the field. Wait, are we sure he wants to get to the bottom line with the whole Astros situation where he just said, eh, you know, you know, I, I just think that that's a good example of where he didn't get to the bottom line or the sticky stuff. But bottom line isn't like the money, the bottom line. The bottom line is in the money. Okay. Finance, a finance major would know that. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, it, it's better for baseball for this team to actually be out there. It's better for them in the, to be in the playoffs. So theoretically, I could see the MLB saying something like that. But I don't know. This just seems like, again, unnecessary attention to something that we have, I think, all pretty much accepted that we have to just deal with. Look, the vaccine, like it or not, yes, the Red Sox are under the 85% vaccination threshold. We get it, we get it, we get it. However, we've seen so many teams that are that way above the 95, the 85%. Yeah, absolutely. That, that get COVID like crazy. Absolutely. And to my knowledge, in what I have read from educated sources, there has been very limited results linking reduced transmission of the Delta variant to the vaccine. And that's something that this, this nation is very desperately dealing with right now. So there is the whole vaccine, the whole keeping COVID, the, the idea that COVID shouldn't be a factor right now is ridiculous for any team. The fact that you'd stop testing is also ridiculous because you still do have to take this seriously. Take the steps, take the smart steps. I'm not saying hide in fear. I'm saying take the start smart steps, keep testing, keep pulling guys out that you need to pull out. And that's how things are going to get done. Look, it's not that surprising to no, to no true fault of their own. Florida is getting absolutely hammered by this Delta variant. And the Red Sox just so happened to start having these positive tests break after a road trip to Tampa in late August. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a slow burn. It's always going to be a slow burn, especially in these situations, especially with you having it in other places too, but traveling into a, such a high, high COVID density area could, should be bound for disaster for somebody at some point down the line. It just so happened to be the Red Sox. I agree. Uh, and, you know, we've seen other teams get hit hard, but 
no one nearly as hard as this this Red Sox one. But um, can we talk about Renfro's night last night too? Because that was an absolutely disgusting couple innings. Have you seen the highlights? Yeah, I saw I he saw he throw. All I saw is that for Verdugo was it dropped the ball in the outfield or couldn't catch the ball. Someone couldn't catch the ball, and then Renfro threw him out. I just saw like a picture of someone like completely botching a fly ball. No, 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 no. The, what happened was it was a one nothing game in the eighth. Hunter Renfro hits a two-run home run to go ahead. Okay. And in the ninth, two outs, Manny Margot hits what lo- should be a double to right field as it gets just past, just over the first baseman and starts trailing off into foul territory in the outfield. Renfro runs it down. And, and gun, guns him out a second. I got to find it. Hold on. All right. I got to figure out what, because I saw some, like, it was like, a, it was like a picture of Alex Verdugo, who was like leaning over trying to catch a fly ball and he just completely missed it. I don't know what that was from. Um, I think that, I, I don't, I just, I sent it over to you. Give it a look. Um, I'll take a, a look at it right now. Oh, okay. No, see, look at it. It was like Danny Santana. That that wasn't the other one. Um, Danny Santana couldn't catch the ball. That was a really nice throw to third base, though. But Danny Santana completely whiffed. He ate – his face ate the ground. There was there were there were two of them. There was another one that went past first base to get Manny Margot as well, and this elicited quite the reaction from the Rays fans, as of course most of the a large portion of those guys, whoever hasn't been traded by that animal, Eric Neander yet, all were texting Hunter Renfro as he is their former teammate, including I don't recall who it was, but somebody ended up sending him a gif of somebody waving a white flag as they were not prepared for him to just completely go off this evening. Yeah, uh, and especially against the Rays, too. I mean, probably means a lot. Uh, Oh, it's the clutchest spot for him to come up, absolutely. Speaking of teams that are not clutch, the New York Yankees. LJ, what the hell is going on? We've lost 10 of our last 12. We just got swept by the Blue Jays in probably the worst series of the season, which I, I don't think is an overstatement. Tonight, the, you know, and I, look, if you want to listen to my thoughts on the Yankees, just go back and listen to like every episode. I take a few minutes out of every episode to just get my thoughts. So I, I'll try not to repeat anything and I'll try to stay short, but it's the same thing. It's like you're bringing in Sal Romano instead of uh like one of the actual bullpen guys in clay Holmes, which i you know i i just i've never understood the whole philosophy behind the way that boone manages the bullpen especially when this guy literally got called up today because we had to put two because we had to put jameson tyone on the il like you have you traded for a reliever and even if you don't use Clay Holmes, you still had a Brayu to use today. Like you had guys, and I, I, I just don't, I, I don't know what it is 
with the way they manage. It's all predetermined somehow. And you don't need to look any further than the Yankees who traded for Andrew Heaney and then use him in clutch spots all the time. Uh, If that doesn't show you how incompetent, like using him in a close game, if that doesn't show you how incompetent the Yankees analytics department is, then I don't know what. Uh, LJ, I, th- I think you you liked my quote that I had about Heaney pitching good against the Red Sox. Yeah, I think that was probably one of the more insightful quotes of the year. If I'm correct, you said that the Red Sox effectively ruined the Yankees season by putting up such a poor performance against Andrew Heaney. Yeah, it was something like Andrew Heaney is going to end up hurting the Yankees more than helping because now, because he just shut down the Red Sox, he just earned himself like five more stars. <laughs> and yeah, uh, now here we are complaining about him as the ninth inning reliever, apparently tonight. LJ was the seventh the other night. Now we're just jumping, you know, the way it's gone is he was a starter and he was bad. And then the seventh inning and he's bad. So now we're just promoting him up. Hey, I mean, we could use another lefty closer uh, who throws who throws meatballs. Uh, I will, I'll, I'll take that. Maybe Aaron Boone hasn't quite figured out that bullpen decisions and lineup decisions aren't the same. Like if a guy's doing bad, you don't move him down the innings like you do the lineup card. <laughs> LJ, I, I don't know. Uh, and I'm not even mad like anymore. So I'm 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 so numb because we've had so many terrible losses this year that this is just like LJ. It's just another day recording. It's just me and you. Yeah, I know, and it's just it's a shame with that roster that you're you are to say that it really is. I mean, things have really just gone. They've gone that wrong. They've gone wrong, and you don't understand that this offseason is going to be – there's so many moves that have to be made. LJ, we have four, but again, four outfielders coming back, like, on top of what we have right now. How the hell are we supposed to make that work? Yeah, exactly. You mentioned it before, and even with that, not only do you have guys coming back, but the question becomes, are these guys coming back really improvements on what you have currently and are they improvements enough to bring you to where you actually want to go the thing with aaron hicks who is like the only one who i think could maybe do something is that we have him under contract through 2025 so it's not like we can unless someone wants to take on a 32 year old who has five more years under contract who can't hit above the mendoza line uh and just had wrist surgery yeah, in both wrists, a sheath in both wrists, which, or no, I think that was Mark Teixeira who had a sheath in both wrists. But the thing with, I yeah, mean, look, is I coming you. back, Frazier and Duhar, Tim LaCastro, they traded for who has service time. Someone's going to have to go. It's just, what are they going to do? Well, that Clint Frazier option year is sitting pretty right now. Oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> um, no, look, but to extend past that, not only does somebody have to go, but you cannot tell me hypothetically worse if you're to slot, slot Aaron Hicks back into this lineup as he's really the only person that would be a starter of that group coming back. 
is he dramatically improving this lineup? To, is he making this group automatically become a consistent team? Is he making them into a team you can comfortably say is a World Series contender next year? No. On paper, well, no, on is paper, that the, is the, that, the team that's going into next year is going to be a World Series contender oh, Brandon, like every year. I don't think you can say that now. With a new as, manager and a new GM and a new hitting coach, yes. Yes. After How can you, watch, you not, uh, LJ? After you've watched them so abysmally fail those. But it's, be, it's LJ, it's not even because, like, every team has bad losses. It's when so many of the losses you can point on one specific move or one specific thing that happened during the game. It, it's not the, – the one guy that I feel like is the reason why the offense is lacking so much is DJ LeMahieu. I mean, this guy – Literally, LJ, you could watch an at-bat of him. You could watch a 100 at-bats of him this year, and you would think it was all from the same game. I mean, it is ridiculous, the plate appearances he puts up, because it is the same thing every time. He takes a few pitches, he fouls off a few pitches, and then he rolls over it and hits a soft ground ball. It, it is crazy how many times and how predictable I've seen these at-bats come. And this is a guy who led the entire league last year in batting average and and, and uh, OPS. <laughs> you know, so he's the guy that we expect when we got the power guys on base who walk. He's the guy we expect to drive them home. I mean, you look at his RBI numbers for the Yankees. He never really put, I mean, in 2019, he had 102 RBIs. He was the guy that he's the contact guy. When the contact guy is hitting into 14 double plays this year, I don't think that that's the, the uh, you know, the fix. And we got him for six more years, too. We, we need improvement. And, LJ, you know, I, I don't know where, you, where you'd want us to go. with No, we need internal improvement from DJ, from Hicks. The rest of the guys, Stanton, Judge, and Gallo are all four-and-a-half war players at the worst when they play the full year and they all did. All right. So that already puts you at a pretty good start. And you have one of the best pitchers in the league. So, well, if I can finish, I my point, you, yeah, if you finish my point before you keep assuming what I'm trying to say here is I understand that. I understand what you're saying here. However, we are now in the, the winning expectations for this team realistically started back in at in 2018 we are now three years in i feel like the yankees certainly thought that they were going to be at at least at a world series by now and lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone. 
at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. You can't you cannot deny that the clock is ticking. I don't think it's running out, but it's ticking at this point. And it becomes a question of can you can the organization feel comfortable that internal improvement will come? With the way this team has looked the past couple of years, I don't think so. And then all of a sudden you look at the internal improvement standpoint and there is absolutely nowhere to go. This roster is locked in for the next couple of years. There is not a lot you can do with it unless you get insanely creative insanely, and insanely bold, like Sam Presti in the NBA bold, to re- rehash this, ro- completely re- reform this roster. So, yeah, where I was going is you – You have to you have to bank on this internal improvement because it's the only option you have. But it just with with how bad the offense has looked at times this year, you cannot I, I cannot feel comfortable that internal improvement will be the answer. Which is which is why they're in such a tough spot. They're in a tough spot, but it's also the Yankees and they can just throw 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 money at it and make it work like they're never not in a championship window. It's just like it, it points there and it, it's been bad. And yeah, it's been it's been bad the last few years. But going into the season, you look at the, the rosters that they're constructing and it's like on paper, this should make sense. And obviously the execution is terrible, but when you look at the preseason predictions, you can go back as many years as you want, 2018, 19, 20, 21. They, they're all going to show the Yankees as like a top five team in the league. Uh, and that's heading into seasons when we also thought there wasn't a lot of flexibility with the roster because of how tied up our payroll was with guys like CC Tanaka, uh, Ellsbury's contract was still on there. A-Rod's contract was still on there. And we were still able to make it work in terms of payroll flexibility that that's, that's not an issue. So they can figure that kind of stuff out. But in terms of like the internal improvement, like, yeah, all right. If, if we don't get it, then it's going to be a long five years from, from a DJ. I just think it's crazy to assume that DJ is going to stay at a 700 OPS hitter for the rest of his career. No. And I don't, don't, get mad when I say this, but this is actually something I've been wanting to ask you for a while. How, how would you say Gary Sanchez has been doing of late? Because, and, I, and I'm saying this because I remember the majority of the mid-year, one of the big stories, particularly one of the big Yankee stories, is the fact that this guy's finally broken back out of his, out of the shell that he was in for the past year, a couple of years and was starting to look more like the guy that we were seeing in his first, second year, the guy that we thought we were going to be seeing. All of a sudden, he has faded so quickly into the background in, as like a wallflower that it was kind of jarring. Like, I, I haven't heard his name mentioned in a very long time. Well, uh, he's hit three home runs in the last four games, so uh, I would say he's been doing pretty good for us like the last few weeks. Uh He's still a well above average hitter uh, in terms of the league. In terms of catchers, he's a top three hitting catcher 
Uh, top four, top five. Uh, I forgot about Sean, Sean Murphy and Will Smith. Uh, and according to baseball reference, the, the defense has still been uh, average. So uh, I can't complain. I mean, you, you, you only get so such good production at the catcher spot. If I'm getting 106 OPS plus from my catcher, I'm, you know, I'm fine with, you know, setting it and forgetting it. And when you hit, I mean, he's got 21 homers on the year now. Uh, Sure, he doesn't hit for a good average, but uh, big improvement from last year, which is what we really needed from him, because this was like his year. Like it was like Gary is either going to uh, crash and burn this year like he did in 2020, or he's going to show us that he still has talent. And he absolutely stepped this. He he earned his stripes this this year because this was the make it or break it year. And I, I can't blame him. I'm, I'm really happy for him. I actually, one of the brighter spots on the team. Yeah. I just, you know, and maybe it's the, maybe it's different for you inside the Yankees sphere of content where you live a lot more than I do, but it was just, there was a lot of hype around him early in the year, especially when granted he was hot, but it just feel it feels like, the addition of, of Gallo and Rizzo shouldn't have detracted this much from Gary. I just found it very weird. Yankee fans are, have already turned on Joey Gallo. They don't understand that, like, so when, when they understood that there's, like, you know, you're, you're going uh, to, he, he's going to strike out a lot, they didn't understand that, like, he either strikes out walks or homers, like, which is, well, all the old Yankee, all the, the, the WFAN callers, you know, it's their absolute worst nightmare uh, yeah, of a baseball not that, player. It's not, I'm sorry. I love home runs. I really do. But the three true outcomes, guys, are very rarely that fun to watch. Oh, no, I'm not saying they're fun to watch. It's just people don't understand where their value comes from they there's still people who think that if you strike out a lot it's not good when everyone is striking out a lot now and it's more about how many times you get out instead of how you get out I think that's that was a big change in baseball philosophy because was when people figured out you know it's not about exactly uh you know how you're getting out how many times are you getting out? And is the contact that you're making good on the ball? That's that's kind of been a more modern thing. But I'd say in the 90s, when we started to get to on-base percentage and that kind of stuff, I mean, that's that's how it kind of worked. So, Yeah, because when you think about it, there are very few good, quote-unquote, good outs. Right. Like, that's the thing. It's like people are like, oh, like, instead of striking out, he could have had a productive out. It's like, okay, you. so you're telling me that you're like keeping that you're factoring in when you see a guy's hitting 217, but he doesn't strike out a lot. It's like, oh, yeah, but he has those outs where he can advance the runner from second to third. It's like, okay, show me like the exact impact he's had on the team this year with that, because he's still under a hundred OPS or whatever. And, but it just, and those, those hits feel rare to me. Maybe it's especially just in today's the, game. Yeah. yeah. Because of the modern game. But like, first off teams played have 
infielders have bigger arms than ever before. They play deeper than ever before. So it's not the same moving around the bases. Base running is not the same as it was 20 years ago. You add that into a million other factors, and it feels like contact guys that are moving, quote-unquote, moving runners over with productive outs like that is happening less and less you're ending up with more things like double plays, more absolute screw-ups. The only it, – it, it feels mostly like the most likely productive out that you're going to get still feels like a sacrifice fly, and those are so situational. And that doesn't even count against your batting average. And, like, my point was, like, the guys who, you know – who, who are still big batting average in that kind of sense where they see Joey Gallo, he's hitting under 200. And it's like, all right, like, yeah, he's hitting 136 with the Yankees. He's not been good with the Yankees, but I mean, he leads the league in, he leads the American League in walks and the MLB in strikeouts. And he has 31 home runs. He is the definition of three true outcomes. I would love to see LJ, was it a foolish baseball who made, three true outcomes plus that stat, right? Yes. <laughs> and it was like Babe Ruth just completely revolutionized the three true outcomes game. He was he was doing those three at an exceptional rate compared to the rest of the guys back then. But um, Which yeah, makes you wonder how he became so quickly and easily loved. Yeah, I mean... He was the first guy to say, I'm fine striking out more to hit home runs. But uh, one last thing with the Yanks here. Uh, Zach Britton underwent reconstructive elbow surgery uh, to repair the UCL in his throwing elbow. That's what manager Aaron Boone told reporters today. The surgery will sideline him for at least a, quote, significant chunk of the 2022 season, although Boone would not rule out the possibility of Britain making it back at some point next year. He's not coming back next year. Uh, If Chris Sale had Tommy John in February of 2020 and it took him however long to come back, I don't see how Zach Britton in September of 2021 is going to be on a field before the 2023 season. And it, it's not exactly Tommy John, but they said it's like basically what a full Tommy John surgery is. Very, very similar. Uh, and it sucks because we have him on a $14 million contract for next year, uh, last year of his deal. So there's just another $14 million that could be used to upgrade the team, LJ, but eh, we'll just throw more money at it. But Leave it to the Yanks to, you know, we knew that Zach Burton had some kind of issue. We knew he was going to be out for the rest of the year. Uh, We didn't know he needed Tommy John, and we didn't know he got Tommy John until today when Boone just – isn't that nice, LJ? Just no one – literally no one in the media has any idea, and he just walks up to the podium pregame and just – just spills that to them. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful when you've lost 10 out of 12 games in five in five in a row? I just cannot believe that we've gotten to this point. It feels like every day teams and players are finding new ways to avoid telling people that they've had Tommy John. 
or just got hurt in general. Okay, but, it, but it feels like it feels like Tommy John and anything relating to Tommy John in the elbow. Maybe it's just the fact that the new the uh, media is looking for some form of news to cover and they'll freak out over those things. But it feels like it's turned into this like three alarm fire every single time that happens, which we've talked about on the show many times that just about it feels like everybody in their mother in this league has torn their UCL at some point in time these days. Like, oh, yeah. They, they've all they've all torn it once or more and have been perfectly fine. That's not going to change with the next guy. That's not going to change with the guy after that. It's not nearly the same, the, as big a deal as it was before. So if you're a team, why would you want all of that bad attention, all of that panic around your player, all that panic in your player's head, if you can avoid it for as long as you can? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And um, the other piece of news besides Zach Britton was that Jamison Tyone hits the IL with ankle discomfort. Uh, so that means he shattered his ankle. So that's great. Uh, in, in, in a Yankee land, that's what that means. So I love uh, Clint, Clint Frazier. He's been out since the end of June, and we still haven't heard a single word at a press conference regarding his status other than after two weeks, they said he was flying to Michigan to see a vision specialist because of his vertigo. And since then, since like the, the middle of July, we have not heard a word. So what's going on with him? I mean, I you know, get that vertigo is brutal, but it's like, can we get an update? I mean, is this guy playing baseball again? What's, what's, what's the deal here? He's, he's got suck in his TBD. Hey, TBD uh, is is everywhere, LJ. He's he's an injury. He's a pitcher. He's an injury specialist. Um, Can we even use he as his pronouns? Yes, does this T? <laughs> you're at Syracuse for what three weeks? My lord. Hey, I mean they 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 they're the ones that are that are making us do it, not me. <laughs> um. Anyway, where were we? Um, yeah. Do we want to talk about this, this, uh, Kyle Seeger thing? Absolutely. All right. Uh, according to someone of the, uh, not someone it's Ryan Divish of the Seattle times, uh, Kyle Seeger's club option for next year has increased all the way to the maximum $20 million figure. Uh, he needs 37 more plate appearances through the end of the regular season to push the value of the buyout from 1.5 to $2 million. They have 22 games left on the schedule, so he shouldn't have much trouble reaching that mark. Uh, this is the final season of a seven-year $100 million contract he signed back in December 2014, but that contract holds a club option for the 2022 season. While the option was originally valued at $15 million, Seager's extension included escalators that could boost the option up to $20 million. Uh, so triggering that buyout uh, means that regardless of the Mariners' choice, Seager will walk away from the deal with at least $102 million in guaranteed money, which is uh, 
Look, I just I think this is interesting that he was able to get the club option more money when prior to the season, the GM already announced or the CEO already announced he wasn't going to be coming back. And he's like, well, I'm just going to play every single game and make sure I get my extra two, two million on my buyout. And uh, yeah, if you want to sign me back, you got to pay me another 20 million now. So uh, look good for Kyle Seeger. I mean, I hope he finds a new team after this year. Uh, and has success because LJ, I think you can agree, very underrated hitter throughout his entire career. I mean, his career stats here are very impressive. Yes. I'm going to take a different approach here, though, and ask a very good question. Okay. The guy who said he wasn't coming back is no longer there. A lot of things have changed with this team since then. Kleenex has come up. <laughs> and has made himself somewhat reliable. I mean, he's certainly still kind of clawing back. He's getting He's clawing back from the atrocious numbers from before. You've got a couple of guys like Julio Rodriguez that are knocking on the door are a year or so away, and you're in the wild card race right now. Logan Gilbert. You're five and a half games out of the division, but you're still very much – in the wild card race right now in September. This certainly isn't where Seattle thought they'd see themselves right now. What if they brought him back? Like there's nothing stopping him. If you if you're now going to have to pay this guy on the buyout so much and you're already looking competitive, if I've been poking around their How was this minor team? league prospects enough it doesn't feel like they've got somebody that's necessarily like right there in terms of infielders that could take that third base spot. So if you could get, keep him one more year, why not? He's been your most productive hitter. You could be in a chance to really compete and win next year. I say do it. Uh, Yeah. Especially when uh, LJ, I have no idea how this team has won 76 games. Yeah, I mean, they have the they have the worst batting average in the league, the third worst OPS. They've scored the twenty second most runs out of any team, and then you go to their pitching. Their starting pitching ERA is twentieth. Uh, I, I mean, where LJ? How have they won seventy six games? Is there a run run a differential bad? I'm gonna assume it's really bad. What's your guess on their on their run on differential? Oh, I got it pulled up. I'll go minus 15. Uh, standard. Here we go. I actually haven't looked at run differential it is, time. So wow. I have I have no clue if I'm like completely lowballing them or not. Minus 53. Oh. Their expected win loss is 65 and 75, and they're 76 and 64. So they have an 11 win advantage compared to uh, that. Best in the league is still the Dodgers by a lot. Which, again, still doesn't, doesn't surprise mean- me because they're the best built team out of everyone. It also doesn't mean everything either. It, I, I still think, I mean, it's lit, like at the end of the season, it's literally just the result of all your games combined, which is somewhat important in a sense. 
Uh, I think it's good for like looking at if you want to like a very quick baseline of team success. But uh, speaking of the Dodgers, uh, they dropped another game tonight to the Cardinals, uh, which they can't really afford to do. And I just think, yeah, they got shut down. I mean, whoa, Alex Reyes came in in the fifth and sixth inning. What's going on in St. Louis, LJ? We know why Alex Reyes is the first guy out of the bullpen all of a sudden. Um, I guess because you shut him down. <laughs> no, it's it's a good question, but I mean, really, the easiest answer, the most truthful answer, is that these are must-win games. Every, most teams this year have been planning their schedule and where their must win games are around the Dodgers so that they can comfortably just take whatever the Dodgers give them and usually get their butts handed to them and accept it and move on to the next series. But we're at a point of the season where you're a fool if you keep doing that. Some teams still are. But St. Louis recognizes the fact that they're only two games back on Cincinnati. They are by no means out of contention, um, playoff contention right now at three games behind the, the Padres. So they need every last one of these wins that they can get. And if they have to bring him in in a sort of stopper role, that's what they have to do. Look, I agree. And I thought maybe he had like lost his closer role or something. And then I went and looked at his page. He's finished the most games out of any player in the league this year. So his role is the ninth inning, but look, I'm all for, for, for managing like that, especially if you can get a win. Uh, LJ, am, am I wrong for wanting to hop back on the Cardinals here? Because my, our guy who we talked about earlier in the year is one of our breakouts, I think. Tyler O'Neill, LJ, have you seen his stats this year? Take a look at his page real quick and just let me know what you think because – Oh, it's great. 4.7 war. Uh, where, where did that come from? He's going to be on my MVP ballot. He's going to be top 15 in the NL. I mean, this to have five war at this point, this guy is a legitimate all-star player this year, and – the the defense has been outstanding. No, you're right. This has been a really, really nice year for Tyler O'Neill. I think you have to yeah, tip, tip your cap because this is exactly what they needed. I mean, granted, it would be nice to have Randy Rose or Dallas Garcia out there with him, but we won't complain about that today. Either way, you know what? This is a building block piece. If this St. Louis team, regardless of whether they make or miss the playoffs, has shown us anything, it's that they are not a finished product. This is not the team that's going to win the division. They need to keep working. They need to find other spots to build. And at least they have Tyler O'Neill to be a big-time bright spot. A He's been their best player this year. <laughs> Yeah, a a light to walk towards, I guess, would be the best thing to say here. I mean, granted, 
Nolan Arenado is certainly not done at 40 years old. Paul Goldschmidt is kind of riding, starting to ride down the hill. But Tyler O'Neill is a very positive piece of encouragement for the front office, for the fans to be able to rally behind. Speaking of Paul Goldschmidt, happy 34th birthday. Uh, but Speaking yeah. Which, isn't he, he's got to be close on Tyler O'Neill in terms of war. Four Goldie is at 4.6. Very yeah. close. Uh, Want to know something I found interesting though? So I was looking at Kyle Seeger's page. So Paul Paul Goldschmidt, in, including this year, has forty nine point one WAR, which very very solid, right? Kyle Seeger. So Paul Goldschmidt, this is his eleventh year. This is also Kyle Seeger's eleventh year. Thirty seven WAR. That's you know you get over the thirty WAR mark for your career, and you're considered when looking back, a exceptional player in my mind. You're not a Hall of Fame. You're not Hall of Great, but you're a... You're Hall pretty good. You're very, I would say very good almost. I mean, for almost 40 war for a career. I don't think people understand how hard it is to accumulate that much war. You have to be good for like multiple, multiple seasons in a row, uh, more than likely. And that's really hard to do in the MLB, so... Yeah, props to those guys who just don't get enough enough credit, uh, especially Tyler O'Neill. One of Kyle Seeger's teammates, Ty France, has been killing it as well this year. Uh, but, yeah, uh, LJ, you have anything else you want to add? Or No, I think we're pretty well set. All right, well, thank you all for listening. Be sure to check us out, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod. And, uh, yeah, play the trivia game on our Twitter. Use code MLB daily at lawterrain.com. We will see you tomorrow. Simonyana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 